Welcome to Pop Culture Retro, which was recently voted the 15th best podcast by the residents of the Golden Years Retirement Community in Boca Raton, Florida. Each show, we'll revisit some of your favorite pop culture memories with insider and outsider perspectives. Now, please help me welcome your hosts, Ike Eisenman and Jonathan Rosen. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Pop Culture Retro. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Rosen, along with Ike Eisenman. And today we are thrilled to welcome a writer, director, producer, and also one of the members of the 80s group, The New Monkeys, Dino Kovas. Dino, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, and it's truly an honor. Honor's <laughs> ours, thank you. And, uh, but I, I want to start off by saying that, you know, I'm a big fan of The New Monkeys, love the album, still listen to it, watch the TV show in the 80s, was disappointed when the whole thing stopped. Uh, you know, as you know, we, we previously Me had too. Larry on. Me too. Yeah, no, and, and you were <laughs> gracious sure. enough to agree to come on as well. So we'll get to the new monkeys in a minute, but I want to start by asking you. Now, now you grew up in Michigan? I did. I did. Dearborn, Michigan. But I was born in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Now, Thankfully, okay. we left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, ne- I'm never sure if, it, if these are good places to be or to leave. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Believe me, the Ohio, well, except for Larry. Well, the, but, boy, did I get myself in the pickle. Um, <laughs> there goes our Ohio audience. Okay, right. Well, it, it, was, it was kind of deep Ohio, like near Wheeling, West Virginia, Ohio. Um, uh-huh. But you know, it's it, it was a nice place to be born. Well, that's a good, well, that's, that's a, a good, well, that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> now, growing up, you were more interested in filmmaking um, than music. Is that right? You know, it's you know, I, me and my friend Steve Herniak, who I grew up with, we 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 used to sit in his in his room and we used to draw cartoons. And uh, while drawing cartoons, we would listen to music. Um, I, I started playing ma- like in fifth grade. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, I was always, I was always interested in like the, the visual um, aspect of things. So, so kind of went from cartoons and then my uncle had a super eight camera you know this is like this is kind of typical i i've heard this story from like other filmmakers like yeah so then i got a super 8 camera um <clears throat> which is really what happened and um and we started making these dopey little films um and then video came out now i'm kind of speeding everything up video came out in the 80s and um and you know i, I think you guys might remember there was a public access channel, you know, on most cable companies, right? Yeah, it, sure. It was, time, it was a time when cable, uh, cable television didn't have like a thousand stations, you know, there was maybe 30, <laughs> you know, and, right. uh, and the rest was blank, you know, like you would switch the channels and it would be like, just nothing's there. So, um, so what uh, Group W Cable of Dearborn, Michigan did, um, they had classes where you can go, you take a class uh, in order to use their equipment. So me and Steve Herniak, we were like, yeah, let's go, you know, let's go do that. And, uh, you know, their editing facility, you know, the, the 
editing stuff. So this was about like 1981, 82. Um, and uh, so we took the class and we would just rent, check out the equipment and we would go shoot dopey things, you know? And what one of the, and one of the first things we did was a thing called Jockey, which was a takeoff of Rocky and uh, Jockey Strapola. And, and we made it and then we played it on public access. And then all of a sudden, like all these people at the, you know, at the public swimming pools, at the public parks, they were like, hey, it's Jockey. And we're like, people are really watching this stuff? Like, <laughs> we didn't think people would be watching public access, you know? Um, so, so then we just kept making things and, and, you know, and people were, people were watching. <laughs> then what had happened was there was um, a rock promoter from the 60s. His name is Russ Gibb. And um, he was, he's credited with, with doing the um, Paul is Dead rumor because oh, he, wow. um, you can look him up. He, he, used, he used to run the Grandy Ballroom in Detroit. Uh, and they, at the Grandy Ballroom, you know, the Who played there, Hendrix played there, Iggy and the Stooges played there, and he that was that was his that was his uh, place. So um, what he did, fast forward to like 1984, um, Russ Gibb started this show called Back Porch Video, which was uh, something that was uh, produced, created, whatever you want, directed by kids. So every Saturday night. Group W Cable would just be over, overrun by like, you know, like 30, 35 kids, right? And I'm talking kids, I'm saying like maybe from between 12 to 18, right? That, you know, that were doing, you know, the, the, the show. Uh, we had two adults there. One, uh, Paul Streffen, I think he was like 22. Um, and the adult. <laughs> adult and uh and and kurt vinup uh who was i think at the time like 31 32 uh but those were the producers of back porch and over and babysitters basically <laughs> uh, you know making sure we don't come in intoxicated and, and all that other stuff anyways <clears throat> back porch video was um it, it went live from 9 p.m until 1 p.m. Uh, every Saturday night, and it was broken up into one-hour shows. So Steve and I, Pernyak, we would uh, we would just go out. I mean, I, all the kids did. They would go out, make videos, and then show them on their on their shows. And uh, and that's what I did for like two and a half years, right? Meanwhile, I was playing drums with a band called Snake Out. It was a surfabilly band, um, and and, you know, and, and Len, Len Putch, who was the guitarist, came down to visit Back Porch Video because Back Porch Video was actually had a, a pretty decent audience. But we never thought anybody was watching. So we were like just being goofy, saying, you know, shit off the top of our heads, you know. But we always knew Russ Gibb was watching. So it was we were trying to keep it professional. But yet, like, you know, um, we had to be careful. You know, uh, so, you know, there was a red phone in the, in the, in the, in the booth. So, you know, if we did anything bad, that phone would ring 
And we'd be like, oh, shit, we're in trouble, you know? So anyway, <laughs> um, so, you know, so I played, I played drums with Snake Out and I was doing this video show, right? Um, and, uh, and I didn't have cable because my mom, my mom was a single parent and she raised me and my sister and we, I just, we just never had cable. So uh, she never even saw the back, you know, the show that I did, you know, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> to bring your tapes, you know, and, and one time I had her call in and my mom is this, you know, she's a little Greek lady with a pretty thick accent, you know, so it was, um, it was cute. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I digress. Um, so then we heard about uh, my friend, Steve, Steve's little sister, Anna Herniak, uh, told me about auditions uh, for new monkeys, right? Wow. And through through MTV, and I didn't have MTV, so I didn't know. So she relayed the message for me, and um, and I was like, well, you know what? I'm in front of the camera. I've been doing it for a while. I'm not shy. You know, I can play drums. I think. Um, so Steve and I actually uh, flew to New York and we did we did an open call. But are you ready for this? The way that I got the money, well, I guess I I actually yeah. You know, there, there's a there's a line that I use in the show and it's true. I during my during my audition I said you know my car got hit twice in six days and it's true. Um, I, you know one the the, the one time some older gentleman from group w backed into my car and he was like yeah let's keep this ourselves here's some money i was like okay um and then the other time i was in ohio at a party so me and a friend stevie cascardo we walk up to we walk up to a house i think i've had too much coffee this is my second one uh (laughs) (laughs) so but this was bizarre because we don't know these people my friend says, I think there's a party. And I'm like, okay, let's go. We're standing on the porch of this house. We're getting ready to knock. All of a sudden, we hear the squealing of this, uh, uh, the squealing of tires. Like, <laughs> as we turn around, I see this car literally, like, in the middle of the street. But then it jump, literally jumps on top of my car and then drives off. And I'm like, oh. So I was like, what have I happened just now? And um, we go into the house. I start asking people, do you know who it is? Do you know who it is? I wasn't getting any answers. I got into a little fight in the house. Uh, <laughs> then uh, we, uh, I finally found out who it was. The kid's mom gave me money. And we got the money to go to New York. So we auditioned in New York. <laughs> so so it was literally a series of accidents <laughs> that got you to New York. <laughs> no, Mike? You're on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was like in, in 86. Now, the monkeys had already had this like whole resurgence at this time. So they they were on MTV all the time. There was a new tour and album. Have you been a fan of theirs also or no? Oh, completely. I mean, I, I was a fan. I was like the second, what I call the second generation fan. Mm-hmm. Because... I caught them like what seventy four, you know, during those reruns, right? Um, you know, and again, there wasn't cable, right? So there was like the syndicated monsters, Gilligan's Island, you know, uh, the monkeys. You know what I'm saying? It's all those shows, 
that yeah. uh, it's sad because like this generation just doesn't even they don't even get that. Anyway, um, <laughs> I do is a huge monkeys fan. Actually, <laughs> I'm just talking about yeah, like no, <laughs> yeah, there's that period of time where all we had was syndication. Yeah. You know, we didn't have the phones, we didn't have TikTok, we didn't have this. So all we can do is entertain ourselves with that and and the all new Mickey Mouse Club, <laughs> which I was a fan of. Um, anyway, so yes, I was a monkey fan, and and oddly enough, I thought and and I remember this vividly. I was at Peaches Records and Tapes. I thought when I was watching the monkeys in the early mid seventies. I thought I was watching a show that was airing now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's bizarre because then I remember being at Peaches Records and Tapes, which was this huge, you know, it, it was like Tower Records or whatever. Um, and I saw a magazine and the magazine had Dolan's Jones Voice and Heart. Yeah. And I remember staring at it and looking at Mickey and looking at Davey and going, what and it was just like whoosh. it was like i'm not watching this show it's not on now you know because i didn't know you know i didn't know like oh it's syndicated and it was back in 66 so i picked up the magazine i start reading about dolan's jones voice and heart i bought their album <laughs> um i went and i bought all of nesmith's you know first night you know and then i'm like then i found the first national band you know and i'm like wow so it was, it was like this whole new world opened up to me and I just wanted to eat it all up, you know? So it was like, I still listen to Dolan Jones, Voice and Heart. Uh, I still listen to, you know, the first national band. My wife rolls her eye, you know, she'll roll up. She's just like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm a fan. Um, so anyway, so, uh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so you find out about, obviously this audition for something that I'm sure was pretty darn exciting to you. Um, and you've got to travel to go do it. Was your mom on board with you uh, going and participating in this? Um, was she on board? Well, I, I, I don't remember asking. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, at that point, it was like, you know, I was working, uh, I was living at home, but I mean, I was, I was working, I was, um, uh, you know, I was, I, I was doing stuff. So yeah, I think she was, you know, she was into it about that, you know, you know. Well, you just mentioned like the auditions were in New York and California. And right. you went to the New York one. Uh, you were even one of the people featured in the in the video, the search for the new monkeys video. I, I saw I've been watched that many times. And MTV was really involved in promoting this. And so what's going through your mind when you get there and see all these people auditioning and, and, and MTV involved? Um it was it was kind of it was kind of bizarre. Um so Steve and I, when we when we flew to New York we stayed at this place and I still have the card for it, the, the Mansfield Hotel. We had nowhere to stay, you know, it was like we, we had these small little bags. And so we, we show up in, in, in Manhattan and, the, and I found a thing that said, you know, come to SIR Studios. And um, 
and, and, and we get there, we found the Mansfield Hotel and uh, I asked the guy up at, you know, behind the thing if like he had a place to stay, you know, you got any rooms? And he says like, no, sorry, no rooms. So we're, we're walking out and as we're walking out, um, there is a, I'm, I'll get to your, your question. Uh, as we're walking out, there was a cabbie who was hassling this like foreign lady and, and he was like getting kind of aggressive and I stood up for her and I was like, you know, I, I stood up for her. I chased the cabbie off and the lady was, thank you. Thank you. And then the guy behind the counter is like, you know, Hey, I, I, I have a room, I have a room for you. So I was like, okay, cool. He goes, yeah, there's no, you know, you know, there's, you have to sleep on the floor. <laughs> there was two couches actually. Anyways. Um, so Steve and I, we, you know, we go to bed, we, we read the little audition thing that says, you know, be there at 8 a.m., don't come early. So we're like, okay. So we get there early. There's nobody in line. Ike, you'll appreciate this. There's nobody in line. And we're looking around. Now, I'm not an actor. You know, I don't, I don't know about open calls. I don't know about auditioning any, in any way. So we look around. We're like, yeah, there's nobody here. But it said, don't come early. Yeah, let's go get some breakfast. And, you know, we'll, you know, we'll come back. We go get breakfast. When we come back, the line is five hours long. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. We were like, our jaws dropped. Like, what did we just do? So um, we waited in line. Uh, I didn't see John Candy. I know John Candy was there doing shtick. Uh, um, uh, you know, but my whole thing was I wanted to audition, but I didn't want to do any monkey stuff because it just seemed kind of weird to me to like audition going, oh, I'm a believer, you know, or anything like that. So what they did was they had three tables and it was like a personality check of some sort, right? To see, you know. So we went to our, our tables and the, the gentleman asked me if, you know, it, it, you know, if I could sing and I said, yeah. So um, uh, uh, I, I sang Ain't That a Loving You Baby by Elvis. And, uh, and he was like, okay, great. Um, and our plane was leaving that evening. So he said, would you come back tomorrow? And I was like, oh man, I don't know. Cause you know, I gotta, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, I went back, Steve didn't get the call back. So, um, so he had to wait for me at the room. Uh, so I went back and uh, this time, you know, we, we had to, we had to, you know, then I sang a Stray Cat song and I played drums and then I had to improvise with a, a girl. And this was all on, on a stage. You know, there's like, you know, just people, I, I've never auditioned, you know, it's not, I have no idea what I'm doing. So, uh, so I'm trying, I, I know a little bit about improv. So I had to sell her a rock. And, and I was, you know, coming up with all these, like, you know, it's a door stopper. It's a, you know, you know, it's like, it's a defense piece. Um, and she was just negating everything. And I was like, oh, no, she wasn't even giving me anything. We're so cool. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, you know, okay, thank you. Next, you know, and I was like, wow, I really, I, that, that, that really killed me right there. Um, so I went back to Michigan. Um, 
the band Snake Out. What's funny to me, though, just quickly, is that Larry had mentioned the same thing that, you know, all these people, you see in the video, everyone's doing all these monkey songs on the video. He didn't, and you didn't. And the the two guys that didn't are the ones that got the roles. (laughs) Right. He did, like, in excess, like... (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of weird that way. But I figured they didn't want us, you know, they didn't want to see, you know, a thing. You know, why would they want to? Why would they want to see that? Oh, sorry, I said that. Why would they want to? I don't know. That's what I thought. You know, I. So deep down, I'm thinking, you don't want monkey. You know, you don't want Mickey, David, Peter, and Mike. You want something like new, right? You know, I, that's that was my thinking. I think. Well, I mean, certainly your your instincts were um, were spot on. I mean, that's uh, that's quite often, and it's so interesting because even for seasoned actors, okay, you 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 try to you you try to figure you, you try to go with not necessarily what is expected because usually surprising somebody or going against the grain when you kind of know everyone else is going to be doing a certain thing is what sure. suddenly allows you to stand out so for having absolutely no experience you just i mean you you nailed everything because that's the other <laughs> first rule of improv you don't negate you don't say no you don't negate anything it's right? yes it yeah yeah it's like you you feed, yes, uh, feed up and it's it's so funny but but obviously, <laughs> you were feeding her enough. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, apparently, you know. Well, you know, the other interesting thing was uh, our executive producer, who was also like a surrogate father, and Steve Blauner. He said, uh, "When if if you look at you know if you look at the clip, that I was holding the microphone and I had my hand like this, like kind of dangling down." And he said the only other performer he'd ever seen do that is Bobby Darren, and he managed Bobby Darren. So, you know, to him, that kind of like clicked for some reason. And it was, you know, I was, um, I, I did watch, um, I did watch you like talking about, you know, the audition thing. And by the way, uh, Escape to Witch Mountain. I can't even tell you how that, for me, that was, um, that, that, I remember, I, I like, there's certain movies, it was uh, Escape to Witch Mountain and The Car, which was a horror film, that um, as a kid really stood out to me. I'm mean, like, oh, wow. like, like it, it was really, it was. So I'm actually honored that I'm that I'm on here with you because not and what was and I also the 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 movie with the the the, the horse with wings, the, oh, the wing colt. Yes, yes. Yeah. I that's another. I tell you, people who see that and remember it we're really affected by it. And it means, it means a lot to me because I really liked it as kind of like cheesy as it was. It was such a, it was such a hopeful story. And um, so I'm really glad to hear that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I, I, I bullshit you not. And, and I did, <laughs> I, I saw it through the all new Mickey Mouse club. That's how like, you know, I think they were playing, you know, cause they would, they would play it at something, you know, I think that's where I saw it through. Or it might have been even sooner. Anyways, but I I, re, I remember that, and I remember going, "How do you get those wings on that comb?" Yeah, <laughs> you have been with like some great, you know, Christopher Lee. Are you kidding, Betty Davis? Dude, you know, you're sitting in the car, you got Betty Davis and Christopher Lee. That's like, you know, the closest I got was um, the closest is is the professor from Gilligan's Island. 
Oh well. Oh yes, well. Yes, hey. Right. Yes, I remember. <laughs> which which was which was a great thing. I I I I love that. But anyways, yeah. Props to you, my friend. Because um, oh, thank you, thank you. Because that was um, it was yeah. I appreciate anyway. that. Well, back to you, my friend. Oh no, um, you you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, this major audition is happening. You know, it's the the new monkeys. And it's a reboot, essentially, of the monkeys. Was there anyone involved from the uh, original production during the audition process, or did they any of them come on board later? Yeah, they came on board later. I think it, you know, it was. I think Bert and Bob were kind of sitting in the wings. Um, mm. I think it was, um, you know, because at that point, I think the, you know, I always felt like uh, the monkeys were were uh, Bert's thing. Um, Bob, it, it was one of the most, um, uh, I remember Bob coming in and, and meeting with the four new monkeys. And, and, I, and I remember, you know, Bob Rafelson from the show, you know, it's like, you know, um, and I remember him going, you know, you know, Marty, kind of do this. Jared, uh, you should uh, do a little of this. Uh, Larry, you know, blah, 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 blah. Dino, you just keep doing what you're doing. Mm. And I was like, you know, on one hand, I was like honored. On another hand, I was like, no, dude, direct, tell me something, you know, um, because in all honesty, I kind of felt like the new monkeys for me was like, like a ball of energy that I was using from back porch video. You know, like I didn't feel there was only a few moments where I kind of felt like we were acting per se, you know, um, mm. but but other than that, I just felt like it was like this, this like, at least for me, that it was like this ball of energy just going and going. And somewhere deep down, I think I wanted to be, you know, directed, you know, like, or, or maybe. Maybe something, doing something different. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, so Bert and Bob sort of, you know, they, they kind of came in. A little bit later from the original, you know, um, Bert's son was part of the production. Uh, anyways, yeah, no, no, not really. Not all, only like Blauner and then Bert and Bob would like float in and out, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oversee things, you know. Um, yeah. During some of the early episodes of the, the original, the monkeys, they had the videos of auditions from the original band. Had you seen those episodes and was there anything like that for you? And did that help you prepare you mentally, I guess, for what was coming? You know, I did. But to be quite honest, like I remember the monkeys and watching them. Um, but when this whole process came along, it was like, with all due respect, you know, um, uh, when I was playing drums, I wasn't thinking, you know, as, as a as a 18, 19, 20 year old, you know, I'm not thinking Mickey Dolan's, I'm thinking Keith Moon, you know, it's like, you know, those are that, you know, it's like, you know, John Bonham, these to me are like Mitch Mitchell, the kick-ass drummers. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking um, Mickey Dolan's. Uh, so, but in terms of, of show-wise, I don't think, I don't, I don't remember thinking about that. You know, I know I've seen, you know, I had seen the whole interview process and, you know, I know they wanted something wacky, you know, or, or something different. Um, 
but I, you know, and sometimes, you know, I, I feel like the show, um, it, it could have been, it, it, it was, a, it was a really cool premise. And sometimes I feel, feel like we missed, you know, we missed it. We missed the mark because the premise was you got these four guys in a mansion in a, you know, kind of mysterious sort of mansion where you open up a door and you walk into a, a whole new world, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, um, and, and to me right now, as you know, this older, you know, I'm thinking that sounds actually really cool if you can pull it off. And I think, I, I, I think uh, at times we miss the mark. Another complaint. So these are my complaints of the new monkeys now. Uh, is that I, I didn't feel like you really got to know the characters. You know, it was like I was being turned into some, and we were always being turned into something. And at one point, little side note, I was supposed to turn into uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Yes, <laughs> this is true. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that would have been funny. Uh, Steve Blauner was close friends with Sammy and and Sammy said he would do it but the Rat Pack at that time they started they started touring again so the schedules didn't go but I was like man that would have been like you know that would have been one great show that I wouldn't have been a, a part of but it would have been great um well I, I agree with you because that was one of the things that you got to know the the monkeys the original because of those audition tapes at the end also that you right. got to know them as people and they, they didn't give you guys that same courtesy no, and, and you know, like a lot of the show, you know, they, they were just, they, I, I don't know. It was like they were, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. Like you felt for Davey, like when he was about to like, oh no, his uncle's coming to take him, you know, back to England. You know, you're like, damn, you know. Um, you just didn't really feel for us, you know, much. And and I don't know if they were, if, if it was kind of like, the whole MTV generation type thing that they're thinking, like fast, crazy, blah, 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 blah. Um, but you can have the fast and crazy as long as you care for the characters, right? You know, and, and I just don't think um, we did enough to care for the characters. You know? did, did you see Larry at all during the earlier stages of the audition? Did you remember seeing him at all? I, I don't remember him in New York, but I remember him um, after the New York thing, there were about, there were nine of us. And, um, so I was in Kentucky. I was on a three, uh, I was three weeks into a van tour with snake out. And, and I called my mom from Kentucky and, and yet at this point I had forgotten that I auditioned because I auditioned in July and, and this is already like, you know, this is, um, I think September. Oh. And, uh, and she like, um, she's like, they call from Hollywood, they call from Hollywood. And I'm like, who called from Hollywood? <laughs> I completely <laughs> knew and, and then she told me, she said, Steve Blauner, call him at this number, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, from a bar in Kentucky. And um, so I called Steve and Steve basically said, where are you gonna be on this date? Hey, Len, where are we going to be? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we'll be in Portland, Maine. Okay. So I flew, they, I, I went to the airport 
when we got to Portland, Maine, there was a ticket for me. I flew out here for about four, four days, three days. And, uh, and that's when I met, really met like the other nine. So there was, there was Larry, there was Marty, there was, uh, there, there was Michael Chambers, who was, uh, 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 known as Boogaloo Shrimp. Oh, right. From the break-in movies. Uh, he, was, he was actually, now check this out. Uh, he was actually really sweet, really nice. He and I actually, we got along well. So we were, we were doing screen tests. Um, so uh, we were on the set of the new Gidget. And what they were doing is they were just pairing us up. They were doing, you know, one and one and one. They were doing two and, you know, they were just trying to see what's happening. So, um, and that, you know, that that felt good. So there I was. I just got off the off the set, and there was some other people auditioning. Boogaloo was right next to me, and all of a sudden, somebody comes up behind me and taps me on the shoulder like pat pat pat. And I, and I look up and it's this guy with like sunglasses and a pipe and he walks away. And, and I'm like, what the fuck, what was that? You know, and Boogaloo's the first one who said, you know, Michael, he was like, dude, you're in, you're in. And I'm like, what, the, what are you talking about? And he goes, that's the man, that's the man, you're in. And, and I was, I had no idea what he was talking about, but he was seasoned enough to know like, and I don't even know how he knew Steve was the executive producer. I'm like, you know, he's got like Hollywood antennas or something. And uh, I don't know. It, it was, uh, Boogaloo was actually uh, really funny. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, that's where I met Larry. And there was another guy who was actually, he went on to do the Blue Man Group. I forgot what his name was. Um, but he, he started the Blue Man Group. He was one of the three. Um, guys, but yeah, that's where I, I sort of met Larry and Marty and Jared. So, so how did you uh, end up actually getting notified uh, that you got the part? Um, it uh, I was actually at a uh, at a shopping mall, the Fairlane Shopping Center in Dearborn, Michigan, when again. I called my mom, I shit you not. And she told me to call Steve Blauner. <laughs> and I called Steve <laughs> Blauner from the payphone, collect. And um, and he said, you can't say anything. You got to keep this, blah, blah, blah. But you're one of the new monkeys. And I remember yeah. I, was with, I was with my friend Lorenzo Valone and I was like, get, 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 I got it. You know, uh, I, I had to tell him because he was right there and he would have thought I was like, you know, insane so um that's i was at a, at a mall <laughs> wow a payphone. So, so what's going through your mind at this time are you are you feeling that this is it that you, you had you had it made yeah. uh, a, a little bit a little bit um because i you know yeah I, yeah it just felt like it was such a such a big thing to sort of be a part of sure. that you know that how can it miss? <laughs> <laughs> we always think that every single time, or at least that's, you know, it's like you can't go into it not thinking that. <laughs> you have to think it's going to be good, I hope. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but again, I think it was because I wasn't an actor, so I wasn't, 
I, di I didn't know of like, okay, well, if I don't get this and, you know, then I'll get this or I'll audition for this or, you know what I'm saying? This was like, I don't know. It was just, it just seemed, it just, it just seemed weird. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it was definitely a whole new world for you. I, I completely get that. So you get the part, you guys are cast. Um, how long did you, uh, did you all rehearse together to become a more cohesive band? Um, so they got us a place to rehearse music, uh, at SIR studios. Um, we, Marty, we recorded a couple of, a couple of little, you know, a couple of little songs. Was sort of like mixing and producing those. I know he's got the tape, so maybe one day he'll release it. Oh. Um, cause we did the song day after day. Remember, you know, day after day. Um, who's saying that? Badfinger? Oh, bad finger, thank you. Um, so we did record that, and I remember it sounding kind of nice. Um, and uh, so then we we did we we, we got together with uh, a gentleman by the name of Ed Greenberg, and he sort of uh, helped us sort of get together and do improv and sort of you know mesh, you know. Yeah. So how long? Um, so the um, uh, we shot the pilot, you know, let me back up. We shot the pilot in November of 86. We didn't have any, any type of like, uh, we didn't work together. Um, we shot the pilot and then we went to Nap 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 Tea in New Orleans, in New Orleans, and uh, they sold it. In it was January, I believe, when they sold it. And then I moved out, and then that's when we started. It was about uh, it had to have been uh, maybe around March that we started kind of doing the the improv things together and and playing music together um uh and then we started shooting in june mid-june mid so everything was pretty fast you know it was like you know it, it wasn't yeah it, in yeah now when larry was on we spoke a little bit about the problem and i remember even thinking at the time of calling the group the new monkeys especially the time when the original group was experiencing, you know, this huge resurgence. Now, right. do you remember discussing it with the producers? I mean, that you went to them and, and discussed your concerns about that? Uh, yeah, because it was like, you know, the whole, what I call regurgitation period of television, you know, it was like the new Gidget, the new Monsters, the new, you know, and we were like, we're, you know, we're four different guys, you know, like when you have, the new monsters you got you know herman and lily and you know blah 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 and with new monkeys you got dino and jared and marty and larry so you know and honestly because it was syndicated so they had to sell it so it wasn't like we weren't network like the monkeys where you know, you're on nbc and you're and you have you know, X amount of shows and blah, blah, blah. They needed to sell the show. And, and I feel that the way they thought to sell it was to call it New Monkeys. And, and, and you know, at that point, what's 20-year-old Dino going to say? 
You know what I mean? I mean, I can say, that's eh, kind of stupid. I quit. You know, it's like, uh, I'll go back to deliver pizzas. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we all voiced our, you know, our, our opinions about that. We didn't, you know, and, and yeah, and yeah. In your mind, if it's another, because I, I mean, I know what I think, but in your mind, if it had been called something else, or like maybe another year later after that, would that be a success? Like totally, because and and I thought about it. I was talking uh, about this with a friend, right? It's like they threw us in right when the monkeys just got a new group of young, you know, fans, right? So it was like. So this new group of young, you know, rabid fans, you know, now see this new monkey thing. Of course they're going to, like, be pissed. You know what I mean? But if you would have waited a little bit, you know, maybe a year and a half after all that. Because also, you know, the monkeys had plans for things. We're going to do a movie. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And nothing really came to fruition with that. You know, so... At, at that point, it would have been nice, like a year and a half later after, you know, everything sort of, you know, kind of died down, then it could have been like the kids from Caper. You know, I watched the kids from Caper because I thought that it was the closest thing to the monkeys, you know, um, and, and I was, I was, I had the album. I still listen to the songs, the kids from Caper, believe it or not. Don't laugh, Ike. Um, I'm not. No, no. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. <laughs> and, um, and and yeah, I, I think we could have been named something different a year and a half later, and it could have been from the producers of the monkeys, and and I and I think it would have probably had a better better shot. But it's, it's so interesting because it's the, and that's such a good point. There's so many different ways to to bring across the the monkeys legacy in a new show other than just calling it the new monkeys and right. yeah that timing thing just didn't seem to make sense so how at what point did you start hearing the uh, backlash from the monkeys fans and from you know good grief the monkeys themselves uh from the get-go <laughs> yeah. uh, you know i mean we were getting letters we were you know like you know lives being threatened and it's you know by 14 year old girls you know and if it was today i'd be i'd be afraid because you know <laughs> You can go yeah. get a gun nowadays. Uh, back then, it was like, "What are you gonna do?" Hit you with a pillow. Um, but yeah, right from the get-go, um, you know, I was meeting with with monkey, you know, the presidents of monkey fan clubs, because I was trying to, you know, make the point. Look, man, we're not here to replace them. We we can't replace them. We don't want to replace them, and we got our own thing to do. So. Uh, you know, I, I remember going into the, the 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 president of one fan club gal, and uh, and as I walked in to make my case, all I saw was monkey memorabilia like everywhere, pictures. And I swear to God, I'm like, I just walked into the lion's den. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, what did I do? You know, and and she was nice, and 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 I made my case, and I think she appreciated that I was trying to make my case, and that's you know that's you know I I think unofficially I was out to do that, all all the way to the point to the point where Mickey Dolan's was I met him for the first time at the Detroit Auto Show. Um, 
John, have you, Jonathan, have you heard this story or no? I'm not sure I heard this one that the other side. I don't think I've heard that one. Like, I don't think you've heard it. Oh no, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> so, so a friend of mine who was a DJ, a Detroit DJ, he was introducing Mickey Dolan's at the auto show. And I, you know, I was like, hey man, get, get, get me up front, get me up front, you know, because there was this long line of like girls primarily. And at the time, and I there's some pictures out there at the time. Uh, if I didn't have my hair up in a pompadour, I would wear it long. And it was kind of like curly and stuff. And I had my Greek sailor hat and I had a winter coat. I'm like, who's going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much incognito here. So, um, so, <laughs> so my friend got me, got me up to, um, uh, up on the, on the stage, you know, cause he was on these risers and I walk up to Mickey. Um, uh, I was handed a eight by 10 of his picture and I, and I handed it to him and he goes, Oh, so who'd I make this out to? And I said, uh, Dino. And he totally like, he's ready to write. And he looks up at me and he's staring at me. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the new guys and I'll never forget this. Um, and I said, can we talk? You know? And he was like, uh, yeah, sure. My assistant will yeah, just go down over here and we'll, we'll get a room. So his assistant, he and I, we walked into this room at this convention center. It was like this dark room. And now that I start thinking about it, I'm like, he could kill Or I could. Uh, so, um, uh, and we just, we had a conversation. And again, I, I praised him. And I was like, man, Dolan Jones' voice and heart. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I gave him the whole thing, you know. And I've heard this. <laughs> you haven't heard that? Yeah, I mean, I was praising him because he was a hero of mine. You know, it was like, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to Mickey Dolans, you know. Uh, and um, so, I, you know, I you know, I, I was completely praising. And then he said, yeah, but, you know, it's it's kind of like taking pointy ears and putting, and, and he still uses that line, put, putting pointy ears on somebody, somebody and having a, a new uh, a Dr. Spock. And I was ready to go. It's actually Mr. Spock, but uh, um, but I didn't. I held my tongue. <laughs> I held my tongue to my elder, and uh, um, and and that's when I knew, you know, you know. He said, "Well, we'll, we'll let we'll, we'll let the." I think he said, "We'll let the lawyers or something." Wow. And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to be nice here, you know." So um, we walked back, and that was that. And um, and that's when I knew, like, okay, they don't they don't really want to have anything to do with us, and and that's fine. And I I've been trying, but I'm I'm still gonna kick ass because I went from delivering pizzas to doing this. So are you surprised that they that they themselves? I mean, I get the fans, but you surprised that they themselves like were kind of like bad mouthing you a little bit. I mean, that you know that they took it upon themselves to bad mouth the group. Well, I, I think there was there was other things at play. You know, I think there was there was like uh, uh, legally wise, if they can use the name, if they can. I think that was also in in play. So I can see them being like, you know, kind of talking smack because they're out there. They, they got this resurgence. I get it. I totally get it. Um, but it wasn't our fault, you know, it wasn't like, it's like, ah, okay. Um, and then the next time that we saw, uh, that, that, I, that we all saw Mickey and Peter 
was we were recording the the uh, turn it up and uh which larry said to ask you about this incident because he does it he said that you were there that he was not in the bathroom so we have to hear this so yeah no, i was i was definitely and, and and i know wait larry said he wasn't yeah it was marty he was in the bathroom at the time <laughs> yeah it had to have been marty because i know there was someone in front of me and we were going out for smoke so it had to have been like jared and marty i didn't smoke but i'm going to hang out with my with my fellas so I didn't even think that the monkeys were in the next, you know, <laughs> studio recording, you know. Um, but as we're walking out, it was Mickey and 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 Peter was closest. And as we were walking out, the smart-ass twenty-year-old Dino, as he's walking past Peter, poked him in the stomach and went, <laughs> and I kept walking. And, you know, I got to tell you, it was funny at the time, but now I'm thinking, how, how stupid was that? You know, like, you know, but then again, I, I'm thinking that could have been, you know, that could have been a summit, you know, that could have been like, look, fellas, we don't uh, blah, blah, blah. We, we should have talked. Somebody above the new monkeys should have tried to make that happen. You know what I mean? It shouldn't have been up to Larry, Marty, Dino, and Jared to try to, you know, to, um, to, 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 you know what I mean? So I don't know, it, you know. But when the, when the backlash first started, uh, when the backlash first started coming, did, is in your mind then the first, you know, pangs of, I guess, worry that this is not what they were telling you, that this is not going to work out like they were telling you? Uh, I don't think I ever had that like in my head because I, we did a lot of, a lot of cool things. We, I can definitely say we, we did a lot of cool things with a lot of the short, you know, kind of films that, that we did. Um, you know, we had the guy who did Mr. Bill, um, William. Uh, um, he came on and he did four individual shorts with us. Um, so that fast food driving school. I don't know. If you, you know um, uh, yeah. So anyways. So we had a lot of younger directors come in and, and do short, short subject things with us. And those were actually really cool. And, I, and, and some of the music videos were actually really cool. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you, like Catherine Hardwick of the uh, Twilight fame, mm -hmm. she directed the, the first Twilight. She actually started in, our, in, in the art department. Wow. She, he directed a few uh, a few of our music videos, you know what I mean? So it was a really cool family atmosphere where, you know, people can try to like, you know, uh, create, you know. Now, the 15-minute episodic part, you know, that left a lot to be desired, <laughs> you know. But, um, but as, you know, as, as a whole, the show, we did a lot of cool stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, well, considering all that, did you have any input in, um, in, in the making of the show or any of the music you guys uh, performed? Uh, Larry and, and Marty did, as, as far as the, the music. I, you know, I was there for the ride. You know, as, as a matter of fact, um, music-wise, music Turn It Up, I think Larry was supposed to demo that. And then Larry was like, yeah, maybe Dino should try it. 
And then I demoed it. We, you know, we went there. I sang it. And people were like, hey, wait a minute. You know, because I'm not a singer. You know, I'm like, I'm a singer in the bathroom. You know, I can, I pretend that I can sing. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I'm not a singer. So, um, but as far as like uh, musically, you know, Marty and Larry had, you know, more say in that. Show-wise, not really. I think we were, I felt that I was on autopilot. You know, it's like, give me a script, let's go. You know, I, yeah. And I kind of wish it wasn't like that, but it was. I was going to ask about that because, you know, I remember at the time that Larry had been kind of being pushed to the face of the new monkeys. And then you, yet you were the one that sang the theme song. <laughs> so Pushes the face? It, you know what? Whenever I saw interviews at the time, it was like always pushing Larry out there, and and you know, and he had that he had that hair. First of all, <laughs> we call it a mane. It was right. a. Mane. <laughs> now, you know, one of the things that you know, even though it was supposed to be a whole new group, and I discussed this also before, you know, they kind of like gave you the, and it's funny you just mentioned Mickey Dolan's. They kind of gave you the personas that they wanted you to emulate, I guess, a little bit, and they they kind of thrust you into that Mickey Dolan's type role as well. Oh, you're wrong. You're wrong, my friend. Oh, really? I, I will tell you right now, you're wrong because I was funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. And 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 that's why I'm saying like I felt that the Dino character on the New Monkeys was an extension of the back porch character. Like if you go watch back porch, you know, it's just like, like Steve and I just, this energy towards, you know, towards the camera, you know, just like, bam. And that's what I feel like I brought. So, you know, whether they thought that they found another Mickey or whatever, cause I thought Mickey was brilliant I, as, as a, as a, as a funny guy. I thought, I, I thought they were all brilliant. Um, but but that comparison uh, is is not like I had, you know, to me, Lou Costello, you know, I, I you know, my heroes were always like Lou Costello and Mickey Dolan's, you know, growing up as a kid, you know. So um, is there like certain rhythms or there's there certain things? But Lou Costello was was definitely, you know, because. I you know, I used to love to play like that. What? You know, like, you know, Lou Costello, like, well, I just I messed up something, you know? Um, so anyways, yeah. But I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll always defend myself against well, the Mickey. You know, so I think because you were, the, you were the funny drummer. And that's the, <laughs> that's kind of just the comparison that I guess the natural thought process. Yeah, I, 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 and I, and and I could play drums. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not saying he didn't learn how to play drums. <laughs> you know? But you know what? You know, as as a kid watching the monkey show, I'm not looking at his hands <laughs> as he's like playing and singing. I'm not looking at it. But as a 17, you know, 15, 16 year old drummer, I'm looking at his hands going, he's not really playing, <laughs> you know, or, you know, wh whatever. Um, so, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm playing a little bit. Um, but like I said, I go back to as, as a young drummer, you know, 
to me is like, you know, Keith Moon, Mitch Mitchell, you know, these are like the drummers. So when, when I say like, yeah, I could play. Yeah, I think, and, and you know, through the years, it's actually interesting. And I always knew Michael Nesmith had a, had a hand in the music industry, even prior to the monkeys, which I think is a fault that that wasn't, you know, I, you could find that out if you dig now, because you have the internet, you have this, you, you know, you can find out, oh, really? He was really, you know, um, but, but you didn't know that. I didn't know that, you know, growing up. I'm not thinking, anyways, I'm not, I'm not going to digress. But. <laughs> no, no, you, you just mentioned about the show that some of the things we talked about, did, did you voice any of your concerns to the producers about the show? You know, no, it was too short of a time. It was, you know, it, it was, it was a really fast, I mean, we were working 16 hour days. So it was like, you know, once we were done shooting part of an episode, we were off, we had a little stage on the other side where we were doing music videos. So it was like, we were, we were tired. It, there wasn't, it wasn't laid back at all. I mean, it was like, like fast. So it wasn't, you know, if we would have had a second year or, or, you know, even a full year, you know, maybe things could have calmed down. But we like cranked sure. uh, episodes out. And I, I don't think it helped us, actually. But again, wasn't the producer. I don't know what the schedule was. I don't know what the, you know, budget was or whatever. But obviously, we didn't have money for writers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so uh, for the episodic parts. Uh, so here, here's an interesting story. Um, Bert Schneider, who was uh, an executive producer on the New Monkeys, he got into a little tiff with the Writers Guild, and it was over Easy Rider Two, right? <laughs> so I think they he he didn't. He didn't, okay, uh, there was some issue. Uh, he hired someone to write, Easy Rider 2, I don't know why, stop it. And uh, he didn't want to pay the writer. And the writer was a union writer. And the union basically um, said anything Bert Schneider's involved with, can't, no, no writers. We had no, we had no, you know, writers. I mean, it was like, you know, with all due respect, you know, Jared had some friends who wrote an episode. Um, but we, you know, it, it yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like, Dino, you want to write? No, <laughs> no. When, 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 when I'm not going to take the fall. When did you start thinking this is not going to make it? When did you start that occurring? I don't, uh, uh, there was a chance that we could, get i was always optimistic there was a chance where we can get the back nine and um and it never came and it was during uh um i remember the the not late night um anyways um yeah so you know we just and and you know in this town if it's a no you just don't hear it they don't say okay we're not doing the back nine you know, um, they just don't tell you. 
So we were all like waiting, 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 you know. And as I, you probably know, if you don't hear, it's a no, right? So, but here we were like, you know, hanging, going, maybe they'll call, maybe they'll call, maybe, you know. Anyways, so I don't know. I don't quite remember when. I remember shooting that music video and thinking this is the last thing. I do remember that. Um, um, I, I remember the set. I can't remember the song right now. But anyways, um, yeah. There was a point. So there, there was no actual conversation about the show being canceled. You just never heard anything again. Correct. God, okay. Now, you know, yes, I've heard stories like that, but, um, and it's awkward. It's, it's very weird when a show is not going to go forward. Um, but, but, you know, it seems like I, when I did Fantastic Journey, okay, my first opportunity to do a series we were going to shoot 12 episodes. We made it to 10. The ratings were bad. We all knew the ratings were not, were not good, but they finally said to us, this, this is our last episode. So they at least gave us that courtesy rather than having to shoot it and then just not calling us again. <laughs> so yeah. that's, no. a, that's incredible. That's, that's uh wow. That's, that's incredible. It's, it's, and it, you know, and, and I honestly, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the song. I remember when we were shooting, I knew that we we weren't going to get picked up because our line producer and dear friend Marlon Staggs let us shoot more film for this music video. Oh, oh, no, see, that's an interesting tell. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, you know, it was like, yeah, I loaded again. It was like, oh, Okay. All this time he's been saving money, you know, and now he's like, yeah, just, just go. And I'm like, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody ever tell you to shoot more, you know, uh, wow. you know, unless you're, you know. Well, one thing that I, that I see that, which impresses me is that the four of you are still good friends. I mean, was that straight through or is it more of a reconnecting years later? No, it's pretty much been straight through. I mean, I remember, you know, yeah, Marty and I lived uh, at one point uh, when I moved back here in like 99, uh, Marty and I lived like three blocks away. Hmm. So I can't even tell you what it's like to have Marty just like, hello. It's like, uh, I'm naked. You know, um, anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're interviewing Marty next week, actually. <laughs> so, there, uh, no, there, there are a lot of videos online of the four of you just jamming together and singing and hanging out. It's like you guys seem like you really enjoy each other's company. I mean, how, how often are you in contact still today? Oh, we're always in contact. We talk often, you know. I mean, you know, often. So, and Marty and I will go have lunch. Jared's always working. I mean, he's like the workhorse. Uh, <laughs> He's always off working on some uh, film or something, but uh, I see I see Marty often, and uh, Larry not so much, but we're always in contact. Um, but yeah, it's been like you know, friends straight through, and and I like to I like to you know these little get-togethers that we have. Uh, I think a lot of people try to be like it's a reunion. It's like nah, it's just a get-together, you know, like. One of them I call a pizza party because a friend of mine had a studio in the valley and uh, and we had a little, we literally had a pizza party. We ordered pizza 
Um, I brought drinks and not all of them, you know, non-alcoholic. And, uh, and and we had a pizza party. And we, that, that video was so much fun to watch, by the way, that one when you guys were at the pizza place. Yeah, you know, so I I don't like to call it, you know, I don't like it to be like, it's a reunion or we, you know, just, you know, whenever we get a chance, we, we try to do it. And obviously we're, you know, not in it for the money. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's fun to do, you know. Well, in the past few years, there's been a definite renewed interest in the new monkeys. Um, when did that start happening and when did you become aware of it? Uh, I think it really started happening when Marty played, um, uh, uh, what's that theater? Um, Marty played where Mickey, Mickey played with the guy from the Rascals. He, Marty opened up, he didn't open up for, he just, anyways. Um, and then he invited me to do Turn It Up. So we, it was like the first time that, uh, that it was ever played live actually. So we were, um, Dorothy, no, not Dorothy. Anyways, um, and then uh, we met, we met uh, a gal, jo, Jody, who, I uh, was working with Mickey and she kind of hooked up this thing where it was like a charity at a, at a bowling alley in the Valley. And then it was like karaoke cause Mickey goes around and, you know, he does like karaoke with Mickey and he gives the charity. Um, and Marty and I showed up and it was a Mickey event and Marty and I showed up and all these like monkey fans are like, oh, <laughs> you know and we were like uh should we not be here you know and it actually ended up being a fun night um we sang with uh we karaoke with uh mickey and coco and uh and the girl from the dukes of hazards um oh, Catherine Buck. yes thank you uh i'm, bad, I'm so bad with names but i'll never forget your face uh <laughs> And, uh, and, and that was fun. And I think that sort of broke the ice for a lot of people because they saw Marty and myself talking to Mickey and Mickey's laughing, we're laughing, we're, you know, we're not insulting, you know what I'm saying? So I think that was the first time where people were like, hey, look, you know, they can get along. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so I think that was the first time. And then, I think that was like 2018, maybe? Mm. Well, and speaking, I mean, you you run the New Monkeys Facebook page, which always has a ton of people interacting. I'm frequently on there, and you could just see the love that these people have for the group. I mean, what made you decide to start the group, and how gratifying is it for you to see the love that people have for all of you? Um, you know, my whole thing was, you know, I I was, you know, everybody's figured out that I was the one when YouTube first started. I threw on like monkey, new monkey sort of clips. Um, and then from YouTube, there was a Yahoo group that sort of grew. And it was just a small, it was like a small group of, I don't know, 50 people, 100, I, I don't know. Uh, so then I actually put the, the episodes on DVDs and, and, and I, I was in the position where I could, duplicate real fast and stuff so uh 
uh, I would send them for only the cost of postage so that this small Yahoo group would get the DVDs. Um, and um, from the Yahoo group, then Facebook came along. And then I think then, you know, everything kind of, kind of moved to Facebook. And yeah, man, I mean, it's fun because I have some stuff. I have old pictures. I have, you know, and I know that there's a small group, you know, small group of people. I'm not thinking that there's millions of people or I'm not thinking that, you know, I, you know, I, I not at all. Um, I have other aspirations, as you know. Uh, <laughs> but um but I mean, it's fun because I got old pictures and, and anytime I hear, you know, bad mouthing about new monkeys, I always, you know, I always say, yeah, but you know what? There was somebody that we touched, you know, somebody enjoyed it, you know, uh, and, uh, and I, I do it for those people who enjoyed it. And I'm not, you know, like, I'm, I'm not to make a buck off the, the new monkeys, you know, so. Well, well speaking of other projects, I want to talk about. You, you produced and directed the film. Let's go to that one first, the Sleeping Dogs Lie, which is available on Amazon Prime. Can, can you tell us about that one? And what was it like for you to direct? Um, it was, you know, that has always been my love, like wanting to make things. Uh, as a matter of fact, I remember uh, my dear friend Marlon Staggs, who was a line producer on The New Monkeys, he always knew that if The New Monkeys went, I, that was kind of the avenue that I would want to take. Um, <clears throat> I tried really hard to, um, I, I had funds to make a hot rod horror film, which I'm still trying to find funds for called roadkill. Um, you know, and it's, you know, it's about this small town girl who, uh, comes back home with her boyfriend, her boyfriend ingests this, this parasite, you know, that, um, starts growing inside of him and he starts killing people. So, uh, so, so I had the money for that and one of the investors backed out and it crushed me because I was, I was ready to shoot. So then I was sitting, I used to work for a company called Rhythm and Hughes Studios. Uh, I was an editor over there mm -hmm. and um, we did a little film, you know, we, we were visual effects animation, uh, like the house, the, the, the life of Pi. The House of Pies. Uh, anyways, so I was sitting in my uh, in, in my little suite, and a friend came by, and he was also a filmmaker, and he was like, "You know what, man? You should just do something with only three characters, you know, very minimal, you know, locations, and 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 just shoot it digitally." And I was like, "Cause cause we were going to shoot film on for Roadkill." So I came up with a concept. I had a friend write the screenplay, and. Uh, uh, and, and another friend came by, my friend Mitch, and, and I told him the idea of this sleeping dogs uh, thing. And I was like, yeah, man, and I'll do it for real cheap. And, 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 and yeah. And he goes, okay, okay. And I'm like, okay, what? He goes, I'll give you the money. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, out of the blue, it was like, where did that come from? <laughs> you know? So, you know, uh, Mitch, uh, you know, Mitch Matskin is his name. Uh, he, he gave me the, the, he gave, he made it possible that we can make sleeping dogs. And, uh, and, and we went and, and we shot it. Uh, we finished it. We tried to get, you know, we, we got out there. It's got minimal, 
you know, distribution, but it's got some. Um, so uh, now we're working on two other projects. That, well, um, we want to discuss one of them. You mentioned the other one also, but you, I read the synopsis and the clip for uh, your new project for the best. And we're going to post it. We're going to post a video in here too. But from the synopsis, all right, harrowing and tense are perfect words to describe it. Uh, so can you tell us about that project and how that came about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's a story about, you know, a single, you know, single parent, uh, um, you know, a woman with two young kids. Uh, she happens to be Greek. Um, and does this sound familiar? <laughs> uh, and, um, and, and basically, you know, it's set, you know, in the early 70s. And she decides to take a chance on love. So um, she hooks up with, with this man and little do they know he's got like, he's got some dark secrets and he begins to um, mentally and physically abuse each one of them individually. One, not knowing that it's happening to the other. And uh, as the story progresses, we figure out that, you know, the characters figure out that they're not alone in this. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of a horror film, you know, horror in the sense that, you know, um, this guy's, you know, mentally and physically abusing uh, a mom and her two kids. That's some tough luck there. Just pick it up. Go ahead. It's only one part touching ground. The rest is fine. Then a man wants something bad enough. He'll do anything to get it. It's uh, uh, it, it, it's based on 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 some true things. So uh, uh, that's all I'm going to say because I'm not going to do a an Oprah thing. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, reading it. I, I, you know, you, you were gracious enough, you sent me the synopsis. Reading it, I was getting all tensed up reading the synopsis. And I was like, you know, I, I kept going through like, please don't let anything bad happen. Please don't let anything bad happen. <laughs> and, and that's what, you know, it just got me in, in the chest. You know, being being a parent, especially, you know, you start thinking the kid, you start putting your kids in this situation. And I don't want to spoil it, but, and I, but I, you know, when it comes out, I, I urge everyone to go see it because I was getting worked up just reading the synopsis. But being a parent, it also got to me. And like I said, I, I had trouble finishing the synopsis even just like, because it was all tense. Yeah, yeah, no, and and some of the things that have happened, um, that actually happened, that will be in there. It's like you can't you can't make this stuff up, you know. And um, 
and it, it was difficult for me, you know, because uh, it's also difficult for my mom to know that uh, this this kind of story is coming out. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's all it's you know it's for the most part seen through the eyes of this seven year old boy. So um, yeah, it, it's it, it's 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 a bit gut wrenching, um, but it's uh, you know so what so what we're doing now with the clip that I, that I sent you, uh, we sort of did kind of like a proof of concept. So it's not, you know, uh, it's not a piece of the film. Uh, it's, it's basically, well, as you know, I'm all about, uh, uh, well, I don't know if you know, but I'm all about, you know, looking for funds to produce stuff. Independent film is hard, you know? It's like, you know, doing the, uh, the John Cassavetes you know, uh, school of filmmaking, um, yeah. and um, and and he's one of my heroes as well in terms of you know how how to get things done. Which, real quick, uh, anyways, and no. um, so yeah, so we're out you know trying to raise funds for this, and with you know I'm giving you like a short piece of of what what we've done. Um, this is something that we're going to show to potential investors, uh, to potential organizations that, you know, deal with spousal abuse, child abuse, um, and, you know, see what we can come up with in order to, to produce the film. Well, if anyone watching this, you know, reach out to Dino on, on his Facebook page. On, also, I don't know if you're personal, your your the New Monkeys page. If anyone wants to invest in this, because I, I really, I was like, you know, riveted. Now, I, I, I do want to ask you now, and, and I'm sorry that, you know, you said this is personal experience there. So I, I, I'm sorry that anything, if anything personal there, was it cathartic at all for you to, to do this? To Yeah, very, very. And as a matter of fact, one of, one of the things that, um, that in, in, yeah. I put in another short film that I made, something that this character had done and it, it it was when my mom saw it and my and my mom you know knew what happened I just had to explain to her I needed to get it out you know like I'm okay I don't feel like I you know I always had a strong uh you know I was tight with my uncles with my grandparents I don't you know um I, I'm you know I feel okay Although some people can argue, they can argue that. Um, but yeah, it was very cathartic, you know, and I had to tell my mom that, like, this is just me expressing so I can get it out. That's all. You know, I'm not, you know, yeah. But yeah, it was pretty. You mentioned, uh, now this I'm not aware what you said, you, there was another new project, well, that, that, I, that I'm not aware of. You, can you discuss that one? Well, that this for the best is the new project. The new project. Okay. Uh, Roadkill is you know like a project that you know uh, I've been you know it's I'm I'm talking to a few people right now mm -hmm. you know who knows uh, Ike you can attest to this. Um, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a role for you. Um, um, no, but you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things, you know, so I hold on the day job and then I, you know, I try to, uh, try to find funds to make, uh, independent films. Mm. Well, I, I can, I can already tell the answer. I think the answer to this question, but do, do you find you prefer to be behind the camera more or in front of the camera 
Um, I prefer behind the camera, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know, you know. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to like, I, you know, I, I just don't, I, I don't, I just don't have the energy to like get headshots and, you know, go do this or go do that. And, you know, but if I have a friend who's like, hey, man, I think you, you want to help me out with this? You know, I'd be like, yeah, you know. Um, and, and, and that'd be fun, but I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make a business out of going out and trying to be an actor. You know, man, it's, it's Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Believe you know. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I, know, I know. You're like, you're, you're like, you're like it, man. And you know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, who's a good friend of mine is, um, do you remember Close Encounters? Oh yeah, of course. Do you remember Richard Dreyfuss's oldest son? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Sean Bishop. Um, he was, uh, I met him years ago in an acting class and we have, he went to USC film school with my good friend, Steve Turner. And that's, I, I met him that way. And we actually uh, studied at Stella Adler, uh, the conservatory of Stella Adler back in the nineties. And, and we, we joked to each other because he knew I was a new monkey and I knew he was, you know, in Close Encounters. And, and I'll never forget, he goes, yeah, you know what we have in common? I said, what's that? He goes, we both blew our loads early. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like, anyways, so um, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that, but uh, yeah, I'll, it was, I'll never forget him saying that. Oh, that's so that's if, hilarious. If Sean ever wants to come on, extend that invitation for us too. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, you know, he's, um, he, as a favorite of me, he, he was actually in my short film In the Bag. He's, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, think, I think that's on Vimeo. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he and he totally did it as a favor. I'm like, come on, dude. He's like, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, he's 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 funny and and you know, he's a great friend. Well, like I said, if you, invitations open for him. And and before we let you go, and I thank you. You've been so gracious with your time. Before we let you go, because I'm going to post this on the New Monkeys page. So of course, I have to ask, any plans to to get together again and, and perform? <laughs> well, um, I'm just going to leave it off on this look. <laughs> and it's perfect for our audio only audience. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I forgot. Um, it's both. It's both. Well, I don't know. Uh huh. Oh, I can't, I can't wait. Maybe a pizza party or something. If there's a pizza party, you guys want to go? I would love to be there. <laughs> sure. All right. All right. Well, we'll see what we can do if there's a if there's a people party happening. Oh, you said a huge fan. How often do fans reach out to you still? Um, you know, that's kind of I don't know. <laughs> you know uh, they, they they'll reach out, you know, through the Facebook thing, you know. Um, but I think we we keep. Uh, we keep kind of active, so I, I feel like maybe they don't feel like they need to reach out. You are very engaged. You you engage a lot on there. 
engaging. Thank you. Yes. You know, we try we try to uh, to engage with the uh, you know, like I said, it may be a small group, but it's you know, it's it's a it, it, it's a fun, loyal group. You know, I, and I, I, was, I was telling Ike this when I posted on the the new monkeys page. There were tons of comments that you know how much they loved loved the, the interview, and they said, "Oh, Ike was really great." And like, "Hello, who posted this?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, Ike is great. Right, that's true. That is true. I, I, I you know, I'm, very true. He, he tells I'm, me all the time. <laughs> I'm honored, and honestly, I mean, what, what, what Ike has done. Fact that you know you're so humble. Seriously, man. I mean, really? is is really it's refreshing. And and one day maybe I'll tell you my story about uh, Leif Garrett and Justine Bateman at uh, the Ronnie Wood Art Gallery showing. Oh wow! I can you, just you imagine. Could, you could that. say this now, or if you'd like, but you want to wait till lawfare. <laughs> No, I mean, do we got time? I can tell you. Of it's course, a funny. Of course. I would, oh, well, abs I keep you. Absolutely. <laughs> Cut it out if you want later. No, um, no, no, no. We get ratings. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, because the New Monkeys had the same AR people as the Rolling Stones, we would get invited to certain things. Um, so, um, at, at the time, our person, her name was Cheryl Soretti, and she invited me and, you know, she sent us an invite to me and Steve to go to, uh, Ronnie Wood had an art, uh, an art showing. And I still, I actually still have the, the invite. And um, so Steve and I, we go, we have no idea what, what an art gallery, what, you know, what, how you're, we went in jeans, leather jackets. <laughs> like we had no idea, you know, what, what, how to show up. So Steve Herniak was a huge Rolling Stones fan. I enjoyed the Rolling Stones. But Steve, like, was just loved the Rolling Stones. So he was like, you know, cloud nine. So we get in there and we're looking around. We're like, wow, you know, Ronnie Wood's actually a phenomenal artist. And, um, and we're looking around. I said, Ronnie Wood walks out from this door, right? And Steve goes, let's go. <laughs> so we walk up to Ronnie Wood and, uh, and, and, and he goes, um, he goes, my, uh, I forgot what him. Herniak said, uh, real casual, he looks at Ronnie and he goes, my favorite Stones album is Beggar's Banquet, you know? And uh, and Ronnie goes, yeah, he had a cigarette in his mouth. He goes, I think he said tat uh, Tattoo You. He goes, why does Tattoo You? <laughs> and he just laughed really loud. And me and Steve were like, oh, God. like, what was that? Um, so then, so we had some words with Ronnie Wood. And, and that was really cool. And then we started walking around and then Steve comes up to me and goes, hey, she just shot me a dirty look. I'm like, who, you know? So he points and it was Justine Bateman. And, uh, and it, so at the time I was like, she gave you a dirty look? And he was like, yeah. So, uh, so I walk up there and, and, and Leaf Garrett was kind of behind her. And, and and I had a toothpick in my hand and I kind of like looked at her and I was like, you're all right. And uh, and then Leif Garrett, Leif Garrett goes, 
And I was like, I totally looked at him and I was like, what are you looking at? You know? And it was like a defense mechanism because I was a nobody, you know? And it's like, you know, um, so then I walk away and all of a sudden, you know, people start talking about us. People, and we're still trying to enjoy the show. And granted, I'll say I was probably a bit of an asshole. Um, but I, you know, anyways, again, it was a defense thing. I had a chip on my shoulder. I'm, I'm a nobody. The show wasn't, you know, I don't even think that the show was on yet. So um, then there was like some, you know, they were giving us mean looks and talking and all that. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, one of the photographers that knew me from Bop Magazine yelled out, hey, Dino, can I get a picture of you? <laughs> and I was like, what? And this guy started snapping pictures of me and Steve. And now everybody started going, who is that? Who is that? Oh, my God, someone's here. You know, it was like that whole Hollywood bullshit thing, you know, like, you know, oh, he, they're taking his picture. So they must be somebody. And then he was like, come on out. There was a Harley Davidson outside. And he was like, get on the bike. <laughs> Me and Steve get on the bike and we're taking pictures. And I'm still trying to find out who that photographer was because I want those pictures. <laughs> but it, was, it, it was, you know, it was just kind of funny because, yeah, it was, I, I'm not always proud of stuff I did. <laughs> if you, when you, when the movie comes out, first of all, we would love to have you back if you want to come on and discuss it then. And uh, again, you know, thank, it's been such a, so much fun. And thank you so much. You've been so gracious with your time. Thank you. Oh, please, please. It's an honor. It, it truly is an honor. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Again, this has been Pop Culture Retro. I'm Jonathan Rosen with Ike Eisenman. And again, a very special thanks to Dino Kovas. And please subscribe. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Retro, where no one was hurt during the making of this podcast. 